Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, obviously, the first half was a was a, a slog. Uh, did you guys have to change much of what you were doing? I mean, obviously, you changed formationally. Uh, what did that do for you, and, and why do you think the offense struggled so much in the first quarter? First yeah, uh, first half, you know, we were struggling to, to move them. Uh, so we actually made a pretty drastic change. If you notice in the second half, we took, like, gigantic splits, six-and-a-half-foot splits, and started just folding everything versus the, uh, versus the odd stack. You know, when you face a, a defense that plays one high, you know, without plus one in the run game, you know, they're always going to be plus one. So uh, we decided at halftime to kind of make a drastic change and go super wide splits there and start just folding everything and just trying to create some space uh, in the running game and making those external fitters uh, fit with all the space. And obviously that lasts a few drives, but eventually, you know, they're going to start, start popping and twisting, and that's why you can't live in those, in those splits an entire game. But, you know, it did spur us, uh, spur us a few drives there of explosiveness. Was was there a thought during the week that Jordan might be back, and 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 how could you could or should looking back you have changed anything more knowing that Mackenzie was going to be the guy? No, I mean there's really, I mean that they did exactly what we thought they would do on every single snap. Uh, there was only really one play in the entire game that you know before the ball is snapped, everybody on our team should not know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, they were a team that played literally eight defenses and they were a master of those eight defenses and we had great tips in terms of what they were going to be in based off of certain alignments to get us into the right plays and uh you know at the end of the day when you face defenses like that it's like the air raid of defense you know they're going to come out and they're going to do their eight things and they think they're going to do their eight things better than you're going to do whatever you're going to do and uh, they came out and they uh, they pretty much whooped our butt there in the first half, got going a little bit, and that's why if you look at their scores, they were they gave up seven points two weeks prior and 13 points before us. Is they come out there and they don't let you run the football, and that's why they're the number one run defense in our league. It seemed like Keyshawn made a special play on the one going across because he wasn't supposed to be there. But other than that, to be a good passing offense, at some point, do re- and I'm not trying to kill the position group, do receivers just have to go make plays and make special plays? And are, are, those, are there guys in this segment that can, you can see doing that before their careers are up? Yeah, I think uh, obviously any, any, every position on the field, uh, specifically wide out because, you know, they're put on more of an island, uh, you're going to be put on one-on-one situations. Uh, you know, for us, we try to, you know, create some stacks, create some bunches, create some rub routes to try to, to try to help our guys. 
uh, win those one-on-ones. But uh, at the end of the day, that's that's what football comes down to, is is the one-on-one and finding your best matchup, you know, and trying to utilize that best matchup. So I think every position on the field, it comes down to what you just said, winning one-on-one. And uh, it's our job as coaches to help those guys be successful. And I got to do a better job of of putting them in better positions to win those one-on-ones and giving them better opportunities to be more successful. With Miami's defense, what are the challenges they present and what can they do well? Uh, challenges, they're super talented. I mean, when you want from a talent level, uh, I mean, it's Clemson and then it's Miami, in my opinion, from a, a pure talent on the field level. Uh, you watch them play and uh, – they're disruptive. They're athletic. They're disruptive. Some of those young DBs um, are incredible with, in, with the ball in the air, ball skills-wise. Uh, then those the young D linemen are twitchy, twitchy as can be. I mean, if you watched their game last week, I mean, they, they pretty much put on a dominant defensive performance if you remove two runs. There's two explosive runs that go for 140 yards and two touchdowns. But if you take away those plays, I mean, their defense – played phenomenal last week. And uh, that's kind of been something that's hampered them is just the, their ability to tackle. And, but when they're in the red, they're there, and uh, they're disruptive. It was their explosive plays have been given up just basically on missed tackles. So it's a great challenge for our guys to, you know, go win there one-on-one like we just alluded to. Back right, Coach, you mentioned how Jordan's relatively young in terms of his game experience. But you saw him go up against Clemson, who you say is probably the most skilled, talented defense you have. The NC State game probably would help you get a better idea of what he can do. But, but do you ultimately feel like you guys, whatever Clemson did to hem him up, that's stuff that you won't encounter later on this season? Or is it stuff that you feel he can overcome against a team like Miami with their skill set? Well, I mean, when you say hem him up, I mean, at the same time, he had the number one passer rating versus Clemson. So obviously, they prevented us from scoring because they were extremely, extremely talented uh, up front. I mean, when you're creating rush with a three-man or four-man rush, uh, you're going to hem most most quarterbacks up when you get to drop seven or eight uh, when, when, there's, when you're facing a D-line like that. I think when you have a guy like Jordan back there, uh, it definitely – a guy who can throw the football like he can throw the football like he's proven. Uh, it prevents defense challenges defensively because when you're in one high structures like you saw last week, you're actually down a hat in the run fits. When you're not in those one high structures, right, now you're susceptible to the play-action passing game because you're in your quarters run fits. So I think the, the, full, the full variety that, that Jordan brings you uh, – makes you a much more difficult offense to defend because of his athletic ability in the plus one run game. We asked Coach about Chubba's decision to, to transfer in the middle of the season, and he said that it was pretty much a surprise to a lot of you guys around the program. What sort of stuff are you comfortable sharing about you talking to Chubba about that decision? Do you lay out things like, you know, you really are close to being on the field for us? I mean, what kind of conversations can you have with the, with the kid when he's made that decision, or is it too late? Yeah, I mean, you just tell him the truth, and you're honest with him, and that's the way we recruit. That's the way we handle our players. We're not going to sugarcoat things. We're going to tell them exactly where we think they stand, whether they like it or not, whether it's good or bad for them, and then they got to make the best decision that's best for them. Uh, that's, that's why the transfer portal is there for those guys. You know, coaches leave all the time. And I don't think the transfer portal is a bad thing. I think it's the best opportunity for those guys to, for them to be successful in their own right. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him to be successful in, uh, in his next chapter. 
And uh, I know for a fact that he, dra he got drastically better through his time here. I know he knows he got better through his time here. And uh, that's all I can control. I can just help our guys maximize themselves when they're here. And I wish them nothing but the best. These last two weeks were probably the best two run defenses you might face all year. Um, are there things that um, you take from those that the guys could have done better or, or the offense could have done better? I mean, other than just chalking it up to those two teams do a really good job of stopping them. No, I think both, both situations were almost completely different. You know, you have one week in which Jordan's in and they're a pressure team and they're creating the chaos up front and there it's all about penetration and disruption when you had a team like Clemson and then you flip the script and you play a team uh, like NC State who is pretty much when when they try to stop the run they play three week they bail out their corners and they play cover three with a seven man run fit versus spread so anytime like we always allude to anytime you play with a post safety um, if you don't have that that running threat back there, regardless of what you do, they're going to be plus one. Now you can run away from the plus one. Like if you notice throughout the game, I think somebody alluded to it. You know, running away from a plus one and number ten from backside can fold back over top and make a play for a gain of two. That's what made NC State great run fits. We're running away from the extra hat. The ball hits in the middle of the field, and their backside fitter, who's pre-snapped the line in the apex weak, is folding to make that play. Obviously, when you have a, a threat back there like a Jordan, right, that guy's not going to be as aggressive because he also has to play the quarterback. So those runs, instead of going for two, may go for seven, eight, 12. It may put you on the post safety in which you have a one-on-one -on -one that could go for 70. You don't know. But uh, I would say they're completely drastic, different styles of how they stop you, uh, kind of polar opposite. But they were both good in their own right. Oh. After the game, we talked to McKenzie. He, uh, you know, he mentioned that he felt like you guys called some man beaters and things that should have maybe created some separation with the receivers. Um, is it something they weren't doing execution-wise, or is he not getting the ball where it needed to be? Why do you think that wasn't working the way it maybe it was designed? I mean, it, at the end of the day, it all comes back down to we gotta we gotta get our guys to execute those things better. You know, I gotta I gotta be more detailed in how I'm coaching those guys and maybe getting the ball out a half second earlier. We gotta be more detailed in how we're coaching those guys to run through certain shoulders and certain landmarks and how to create a rub when a guy is pressed and we can't get pushed so wide so we can stay vertical through the shoulder and how to throttle down instead of accelerate. You can always slow down, you can't always speed up. So you would rather be too high on a rub and decelerate than too low on a rub and get beat over top. So we got to do a better job of, of teaching and explaining and coaching uh, and coaching those situations when we're helping those, when we're helping uh, our guys, you know, in the man coverage situations. Following up on that though, um, you're, you're running out some young receivers and I know that's not an excuse, but, but how much of that comes from experience and how much of it um, comes from ability? Like to Corey's question, do you see the potential that those things, once those things get cleaned up, you're going to see much better execution? Yeah, I mean, you, you would obviously love and hope to say, okay, we're going to learn from this mistake. We're going to learn from these plays. We get pressed in the slot. And we can't get pushed too wide, right, in order to create a rub. Because that's the one thing people, when you think about rubs, you know, when you think about creating, you know, rub slants, rub unders, seven out, whatever that rub is, somebody's still getting pressed. So you either have to win with the press player to create a rub 
And if he doesn't win at the press, then you don't ever create a rub for the guy who's soft. Or you just let the soft player win by himself without the rub. So even when you have rub concepts, somebody has to win. The person who pressed has got to create the rub by winning. So it's more understanding what the whole purpose of the concept is. And I do think the more reps we get, the older we get, those guys are going to have better, uh, more of a savviness to why we're doing these things and not just, okay, I'm being pressed, i got to get a release. Coach told me to re release outside but try to push vertical. Well, why do we want you to release outside and push vertical? It's because we need to try to throttle on the corner, right? It's not to release outside and push back into the guy you're covering. It's to release outside and get vertical so you can then decelerate when the corner undercuts. Right, And you saw throughout the game, they were playing over top a lot of our rubs because we were getting pushed a little bit too wide. And those are all learning experience for our guys. And like I said, I got to do a better job explaining throughout the week of what we're going to get. I got to do a better job coaching those guys on, on how to help each other out because that's all it is. You know, it's just like perimeter blocking. You know, we, you get blocked on the perimeter, you're going to create explosive plays for other people. When you're involved in a rub concept, you're creating another, an explosive play for another person. And we got to do a better job. I got to do a better job coaching those things. Uh, Tate's development, um, and, and the coach said that he was he was under the weather last week as well. Um, but you know he was he was fourth, you know before. Now he's third. Um, if you have everybody available, what does he need to do to? to to get to a point where you guys feel comfortable, you know, putting him back into a game. Yeah, I mean, I would feel comfortable with him in a game right now. I think he's put in a lot of good work. I mean, he's a guy who we kind of forced into action last year uh, when when we shouldn't have. You know, we had COVID and he shows up and all of a sudden he's starting week two, you know, and, and he wasn't ready at that time to go in there. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do with quarterbacks is force them in a situation when they're not ready. And I thought by default, we kind of had to do that last year to him. But that's a guy who's continually gotten better throughout his time here. He has a great grasp of the offense now. He understands what we're trying to accomplish. He understands who he's trying to control on each play. He understands when and where the ball needs to be out on. So I'd have great confidence if, uh, if he went in a game. Uh, he's just got to continue to work on cons in the rhythm of his drops and the tempo of his drops. And then uh, when bad things happen, you know, that's one of the hardest things when you're in high school. And he is, a, he is actually a plus athlete. You all saw him do his little somersault flip in the summer. And uh, he's a plus athlete. And when you're a plus athlete in high school, you know, you always think that you can make those extra plays when you get to college. And it's really hard to detrain yourself that, dang, even though I'm still a really, really good athlete, right, there are better athletes than me on the field right now. So one of the things I always talk about with him is, you know, when bad things happen, don't make them horrible. You know, it's okay to throw the ball away. Checkdowns are our friends. And that's something that even yesterday in, uh, or Sunday, which was yesterday, sorry, days were all messed up. Uh, yesterday, last night, uh, even in the young guy's scrimmage, I mean, he went out there and he threw two balls away. And those are the things that you look for with a guy like that in progression is understanding, okay, that is a good play. Throwing the ball away, throwing a check down is a, is a good play at quarterback, and he's starting to get to that point. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you all.